If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On episode 66 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're all about converting social media traffic. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Chris Daly is back to figure out how to convert social media traffic. Next time, Ricardo Osti will be in to chat about the role marketing plays in the customer experience. Soon, we'll have Elle Wolf in to chat about one of our favorite subjects, data in marketing. John Chang will be back to talk about some things he's done on career planning for marketing. And Rob Whedon will be back to discuss data intent and marketing. I want to invite you to have a listen to my other venture, the innovation podcast, The iPod with Garnett Harriman. Lots of fun stuff happening there. Head over to theinnovationpodcast.co to tune in. Okay, we have Chris Daly back in to discuss the dark arts of social media conversions. We start off our two-part chat with a discussion of what a company should expect from social media, the value of a two-way dialogue, and using tech like Facebook Live. So let's get to it. Chris, it's great to have you back on Confessions of a Marketer. Welcome. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, we're talking about converting social media traffic today. Let's start at the beginning. When a company posts something on a social media site, what in the best scenario should they hope happens? Well, <laughs> so here's one of the first fundamental challenges with social media is when most companies post on social media, a lot of times they don't actually have any hopes of what's going to happen. They hope something happens, but they're not hoping for anything in particular. So they hope maybe people will share it or maybe people will like it or maybe people will comment or maybe people will click on whatever's in there and, you know, and click through on your links. But there's rarely a well-defined goal or objective. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's absolutely one of the first things that you need to make sure you do because a good social media strategy, whether it is posting on your organic social media pages or having a social media ad. Now, usually there's more defined metrics on ads, but even on an ad, there's going to be different types of ads. There's going to be ads that are, or posts that are directing people to content, like people that are at the very top of your funnel that are in the awareness stage, and you're just trying to get in front of them. If that's your goal, then maybe all you should be hoping for is that someone will click yeah. and come to the site. And that's it. They're not going to convert, right? Because in those cases, you're usually sending them to, like I said, high funnel content, like a blog post or something. Yeah. And in that case, 
what you're trying to do is two things. Number one, you're trying to build some brand awareness. And number two, by getting them to your site, you're wanting to start retargeting them and remarketing to them. So you are getting them to your site just so that you can cookie them and now start serving up some retargeting ads, whether it is through Facebook or through Google or whatever. But again, the fundamental, like the first step is, what are we trying to accomplish? Who are we talking to here? Where are they at in the funnel right now in terms of how ready are they to engage with our brand or not? And if they're not ready then maybe all we're expecting is a share or a click. And if that's the case, then that should be what you're optimizing for and tracking. But do you think that sometimes it feels like social media from you know big companies is very one-sided and that there's really no discussion, even from smaller brands, where you know someone posts something and says, click on this link, do something, they're asking you to participate and they're not being reciprocal. They don't participate in discussions. They just put their things out there. What do you think of that? Oh yeah. It's funny because I was at I was speaking at Social Media Marketing World a few weeks ago. Right. And and one of the topics that kept getting brought up over and over and over again was the importance of engaging with your audience, like you were just mentioning. And Engaging is not posting. <laughs> Engaging is what you just mentioned, which is starting a conversation. And in those cases, you're going to have completely different types of success metrics that you're tracking. Yeah. You might be tracking, in those cases, comments or direct messages. And I attended another speaker's workshop that, that was kind of eye-opening. So, so the speaker was talking about what you just said, which is if your only message to people is, hey, go check out my stuff. Hey, buy my stuff. Hey, here's a sample of my stuff so that you can buy my stuff. Yeah. People typically get pretty turned off by that. Yeah. But if you can have a conversation instead that is, hey, here's something that might be interesting to you. And it might not even be self-serving at all. It might not even be a piece of content that, that you posted. It might not even be a product that you sell. But if you can start some kind of conversation that's like, hey, I want to get to know our audience better, and we think we know who you guys are, and here's some stuff that you might find is interesting. Here's some stuff that you might find funny or whatever, you know, like, but that's about building rapport. It's about building brand trust. And the reason that most brands don't do this is it's really hard to attach an ROI to. In fact, I'd say it's impossible to attach an ROI to. Because you are engaging with people at the top, 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 top of the funnel. And usually, if you start a conversation like this, they're not going to go and buy the next day. But what you're doing is you are moving them from the very top of your funnel to the middle top of your funnel, where now they are somewhat warmed up to your brand. And now they will listen to some of your other top of funnel posts that you post, like when you post your blog posts or whatever. And so it is a very long-term strategy of conversion, but it's crucial that businesses think about this kind of a strategy. This is the relationship building approach to marketing versus the hard sales approach. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. So how can they do that? What steps 
can a company take to ensure social media is an effective channel for them? We, you know, having that conversation is one way, but that's hard. Not only is it hard to show ROI from that, it's just hard to do because you've got to staff it and you've got to have people yep. who, who are, who are like, you know, customer service reps who can have conversations with people. There's, you know, there's nothing worse, I think, than when you see a social media post and someone replies to the company saying, well, what about this question mark? And it goes unanswered. Yes. Yep. And, and that just shows that that's a one way channel for them. We'll put our stuff out there and please click on it, but we're not going to acknowledge that you even exist until you go <laughs> further down the funnel. Right. So yeah. some companies maybe shouldn't engage in social media. Well, and here's what I would say about that is that, because you're right, it does take real-time human responses in order to have a real conversation that is building any kind of rapport with your audience. And so some suggestions that I have about that is if you have a limit on the amount of time that you can spend like engaging with people on social media, and most businesses will, just have a different kind of engagement. Instead of sending out a post and replying to comments, you can do like a Facebook or Instagram live session and do real time question and answer with people. And maybe there's only one or two people that, you know, that join in and start engaging. But I mean, you can block out 30 minutes of time and do a weekly Q&A session. That's something that we're starting to do over here at Disruptive is, you know, like a weekly Q&A session, you know, jump on, tell us your concerns, tell us your questions, bring up a cool experience that you had or, or whatever, and, and let's discuss it. And that is, again, you, you only need really one person to do that, maybe mm-hmm. two if you're having like a professional film crew. But a lot of times these things are even better if it's just really raw. And just jump on and, you know, engage with people for a little bit of time. You just block out some time to be engaging. <laughs> and then you can focus on some of your other kinds of marketing efforts. Yeah, and it's simple things like that. It's essentially viewer mail or digging into the mailbag and handling questions. And I think that engages people. And if you just make an effort, again, just blocking out 30 minutes to maybe an hour of somebody's time and just make an effort, especially with a large brand. Like if you have a large brand, you have a lot of customers, you have a very loyal following, you're never going to be able to engage with every single person. But I mean, if you can make an effort and say, I'm going to jump on and engage with people live and... You know, if I have somebody that has the time, maybe I'll also have them spend an hour replying to comments throughout the week. At least it is something that that shows, okay, this brand is is making an effort. It's not completely one-sided. Maybe it's just 90% one-sided. <laughs> <laughs> a 90-10 relationship with a big company is not bad, I think. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so you advocate split testing. Can you explain that to me, how it works? Sure. So there, split testing is something that you should be doing everywhere in your marketing efforts. So the idea, what the idea of split testing is, is, is basically testing one concept against another. So you have two different versions of a post, yep. for example, on social media. And one of them is flashy image, attention grabbing type of a post. And version B is just content, like you know, some ideas, some thoughts, some whatever, a quote or something. And you test these against each other to figure out what does my audience respond better to. 
you want to do this in your ads, especially when you are spending money. And I mean, everything that you do in your marketing yeah. efforts is spending money, whether it's paying a full-time person to do it or paying for a click. But in, uh, when you're doing like paid social ads or, or Google ads, it's really easy to do these kinds of things. And again, the idea is, okay, hey, we want to figure out what headline is the best for my ad. And so I'm going to have an ad that has, you know, an image and a headline and a description. And I'm going to keep the image and the description the same. And I'm going to have two different headlines on two different ads. And we'll see which one gets more clicks. Yeah. And, and the idea here, and the most important thing for when you're doing split testing, whether it's on a, a social media page, whether it's on an ad, or whether it's on your website, the most important thing that you do is have a question that you are trying to answer. Something that you're trying to learn about your audience. Because again, this all comes back to building a relationship with your audience. What you're trying to do as a marketer, what you should be trying to do as a marketer and as a business owner, you should be trying to figure out what does my audience care about and how can I deliver that to them? And so with a split test, again, what you want to do is you want to have a question in mind. So again, your high level question might be, what headline will resonate best with my audience? And then you're going to start drilling into that. So, so that's what you're trying to find. You're trying to find the ideal headline, right? Which is kind of like an endless search. It's like a needle <laughs> in a haystack. And so then what you need to do is you need to break it up into smaller questions. And so you might say, what information should I have in the headline? So if I'm selling a product there's lots of stuff that I could put in the headline. So it might be, I might have version A that is just the name of my product. Yeah. I might have version B that is the name of the product and the price. I might have version C that has the name of the product and a benefit. So like, you know, um, Bluetooth headphones, you know, 24 hours of battery life or something like that, you know, some kind of a value proposition or something that you've got in there. And so then you, what you want to start doing is testing like combinations of these things to go, okay, well, when I add some of this information, what happens? Do people like that? Do people not like that? If people don't like it, then what I want to ask is why? Why do they not like it? So if I put the price in my headline and my click-through rate goes down, why is that? And so, because then you start digging in, you're kind of like an investigative marketer. You go, why is that? Well, let me go and start exploring. Oh, well, hey, look, the competition also shows their price and their price is cheaper than mine. Okay, well, it makes sense why people would stop clicking on my ads then. So maybe instead of showing my price, maybe I need to show a differentiator. Why is my product better than theirs? You know, why is it worth spending more money for my product? That can be the next approach that you take if you find out that you've got stiff competition. Or if showing your price leads to a dramatic increase in clicks, you're going to want to do the same thing. Why? Is my price cheaper than my competitors? If it's not, if I have the exact same price as my competitors, or maybe even a higher price, and showing my price leads to a higher click-through rate, then I get to dig in and explore even more. Huh, well, maybe showing a higher price leads people to believe that I have a better quality product. Mm. 
So let's dig deeper into that rabbit hole. Can I say even more about the quality of the product that will drive more clicks? But again, the whole idea behind split testing, and this is where people a lot of times fall short when they are doing split testing in their marketing, is because a lot of times it's just some random idea. You're not trying to learn anything. And when you find something that works, you just go, awesome, this works better. Okay, that's our new headline. Let's move on to something else. Without understanding why. Yeah, yeah. All right, next time, Chris and I discuss split testing, understanding where people are in your funnel, and of course, data. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home-free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.